Nurgle is the Lord of Decay, who presides over physical corruption and morbidity. He is the father of plagues, and putrefactions are attracted to him like flies to a rotted corpse. For his amusement, he devises foul contagions that he inflicts upon the mortal world, the result of which greatly fascinate him. Nurgle's gaze thus drawn to those mortals bloated with sickness, and he generously favors those who spread disease in his name. To Nurgle, every rattled corpse is a welcoming nursery for wriggling maggots and cloying plague spores. Every stagnant lake and rotting forest is a paradise in which parasitic larvae and bountiful poxes can flourish. These are the gifts that Nurgle lavishes upon the mortal realms, and if there is malice behind his generosity, it is directed only to those ingrates who try to decline his offerings. Hello, all you wonderful listeners. It is I, Nobbler G, and welcome to Nurgle November, a lore study of all things Nurgle in the Age of Sigmar setting. This series will take us through what we know and do not yet know of Nurgle and all of his followers leading up to their awesome release this December. So please, sit back and enjoy this look into the Plague Father's world of corruption in the series brought to you by Grimdark Live, called Nurgle November. The Befouled Brothers of Nurgle the Glotkin. The story of the Glotkin began in the Old World, on the coast of a vast ocean. The father of the triplets was Olos Glot, a humble farmer, and their mother was Ethra Greenblood, a magic user schooled in the lore of life. Having witnessed many bloody invasions, Olos and Ethra stowed away with the armies that sailed across the sea in search of retribution. However, where their comrades brought bloody vengeance to their foes, they instead brought enlightenment by teaching the crafts of the farmer and the healer to the enemies. They hoped not to prolong the cycle of violence, but to break it. After deserting, from their allied armies under the cover of darkness, the two emissaries slowly carved out a new life. Olos raised a humble house for his wife and tilled the stubborn ground all around it. Ethra acted as a wise woman who influenced many of the Fjord clans. Over the course of the winter, Ethra's belly swelled to a progenous size. That year, her womb nourished not one, but three children. A jealous old hag cut Ethra's finger with a rusted knife, and the shallow wound became badly infected. Unable to heal herself from the gangrenous curse that flowed in her blood, the she-wizard cried out in the night, begging the gods to save her children from the lethal infection. Grandfather Nurgle was listening, and sent a demon fly to alight on the pregnant Ethra's gravid belly. Instantly, the infection and the deadly grip lessened, and less than a week later, Olos delivered three strong triplets near the rugged cliffs 
of the Fjord tribe. Each bore a three-lobed birthmark, the sigil of the Lord of Decay. But their delighted father was unaware of its significance. He named his children Otto, Ethrak, and Gurik, and counted himself among the luckiest men alive. The triplets had become known as the Glotkin. They all grew tall and strong, and over time each showed great promise. Ethrak, in particular, was a quick study, drinking in the occult lore his mother had mastered. Meanwhile, Otto and Gurk wrestled each other, clambering across the treacherous cliffs of the fjords, and even sparred with the local youths of the nearby fjord tribe. For a time, all seemed well, and the Glots brought the arts of the civilized realms to their adopted people. Otto helped his father harvest his crops with a great scythe of his own making. Ethrak aided his mother in rituals and coaxed verdant life from the northern land ice. Only Gurik proved wayward, more interested in brawling and chasing women than helping his family in more wholesome pursuits. Though the Glotkin's parents worked hard to promote peace, they could not dissuade the Northlanders from the seaborne raids that were so deeply ingrained within their culture. In the autumn of that year, the forces of the Northlanders came in search of retribution once more. But this time, over a thousand enemy troopers made landfall to bring war to the Fjord tribes that had taken the Glots into their culture. This time the triplets were at the fore of the fight. Otto hacked away with the same scythe he had used to reap his father's harvest. Athrak used his darkest growth magics to turn his foes into oblast boulders of flesh, and the brawler Gurk flattened soldiers and champions alike with his fists. Still, it was not enough, for the black powder weapons of the Northlanders could kill at fifty paces, and the great cannons winched up the clifftops from the gun decks of their galleons, and those took gruesome toll. The Glotkin fought hard as their people were cut down all around them, blood dribbling over the lips of the cliffs and into the crashing waves below. The triplets soon became surrounded by the bloody confusion of melee when they saw their mother and father cut down by, by Northlander troops. All three of the Glotkin cried out as one for vengeance. The seeds of mayhem that had been planted within their souls, watered by the blood of battle, finally began to bear fruit. Otto cut men down like autumn corn as his scythe swung left and right. Handgunner bullets thudded into his chest, and even his face, but they did not break the skin. Athrax's magics became even more destructive, reducing men to pools of black slime and causing maggots of dark energy to eat his foes from the inside out. Gurk was filled with the demonic strength, the warrior punching clean through torsos and guts before picking up a great cannon by its muzzle and swinging it like a giant club to sweep his foes over the cliff. The invading army broke under the fury of the Glotkin's onslaught, and their legend began in earnest. Since that faithful battle, Nurgle bestowed gifts upon the triplets with every passing year, spoiling them much in the manner a generous grandfather treats his grandchildren. Little by little, the Glots became very different men. Gurik 
grew large and even larger as his ravenous appetite for life turned into desperate gluttony. Eventually, man became monster as Gurik gained terrible strength but lost the ability to reason. Known for his growling a corrupt version of his own name, Gurik was refashioned by his adoptive grandfather into obscene spawn thing so large his brothers took to riding on him and even riding him into war. Great horns sprouted from his shoulders, popping boils covered his back, and his arms mutated hideously, one of his arms into a lamprey maw, the other into a muscular tentacle, the better to scoop up victims to sate his terrible hunger. Gurk could slay giants, ice drakes alike, devour their corpses, and later defecate, leaving mounds from which strange new forms of life emerged into the light. Embattered by the loss of his mother and father, Ethrak became dark of heart. His spells turned ever fouler, and the types of life they propagated were vile and unwholesome. The sorcerer burnt his parents' bodies on a brazier that he has borne ever since. The stinking scent of burnt offal drawing clouds of flies wherever he roams, the remains of his parents still smoldering there to this very day, a cremated reminder of the vengeance their sorcerous son has yet to wreak. Of all the triplets, Otto embraced his new destiny with the most fervor. He became a true devotee to Nurgle, intending to sow unbridled life across the world in every manner and form, no matter how stomach-churning this may be. His scabrous body bloated and became as tough as bark. Though the wounds he suffered on his steady rise to glory often did not heal completely, the contagiousness that drizzled from his open guts grew so virulent that they soon became weapons in their own right. Otto took to coating the blade of his scythe with his own poisonous juices whenever he went into battle cementing his reputation as the harbinger of plague. Amongst all the brothers, it is Otto who is the most driven. His taste for carnage has seen the roaming Glotkin triumph against warbands and that worshipped Slanesh, Zeech, and even mighty Corn. Yet despite their growing favor in the eyes of their patron, it was only when Archaon approached them to lead his vanguard in the tales of the old world that the triplets began their deadly journey in earnest and still rampage across the mortal realms to this very day. Hello, and thank you for listening to this installment of Nurgle November. I hope you enjoyed this bit of fun as we head towards the new release for Nurgle uh, for Age of Sigmar 3.0. So be on the lookout for more Nurgle Novembers to come very, very soon. But until then, stay gross, you gamer goons. See you next time. Bye. Remember this, my little pimples. The grandfather loves you. Let me blow you a kiss. (laughs) 